1: Welcome in to Extra Point, right here on KDUS AM 1060 online at KDUS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, suggest you download the KDOS 1060 app and get yourself eligible for a chance at a $100 gift certificate brought to you by Superbook Sports. Just follow along with the instructions once you download the app and register. It is the extra point on this Thursday, July 27th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Laura with you up until noon today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we'll get into your phone calls here around 10:30 and 11:15. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. Let's get things started though with the poll questions, and we'll start with the Kdos1060.com poll question. Bob had a preview. With Howard Balzer for the Arizona Cardinals discussion, and if you missed it, you can always podcast over at kdos1060.com as well as with the KDOS 1060 app. The 2023 Arizona Cardinals win total over 4.5 wins or under 4.5 wins, and right now under, leading the way at 88% of the vote, over at 12%.
0: (laughs) It's a 17-game season, folks. Nobody else, by comparison, in the consensus win totals is less than 55 also, there are some odds makers that have post, uh, posted point spreads for every NFL regular season game. The Cardinals are the only team not to be favored to win any of those games.
1: Yikes. Uh, it, it, we'll get into this a little bit more in hour number two as well. But diving into their schedule and just looking at it on paper, uh, having to play the NFC East and having to play the AFC North uh, that's not a recipe for for good things with just kind of the nature of stripping down this team as we've pointed out they should uh to get themselves kind of rebuilding that foundation and building back up but at least for the 2023 season there could be a lot of growing pains yeah
0: that's being kind so good for you I'm less less than uh, kind probably so uh that's a good way to put it uh, on the uh the kind i wouldn't say optimistic side but the kind side
1: we'll get into that question a little bit more in depth around eleven thirty today over on twitter at kdus am 10 should the Diamondbacks seriously consider adding an impact bat before tuesday's trade deadline and the masses remain out in front at 66.7 percent of the vote no trailing at 33.3 percent
0: yeah um this was you know, this question inspired by mike hazen's uh pregame presser yesterday that's his final media gathering before the trade trade deadline and as you might expect he was asked about his bullpen and he did address that some but he also went off and talked about how well you know sometimes that bullpen has failed I'm paraphrasing what Mike said but uh, sometimes that bullpen has failed and that's after the offense hasn't given us a bigger lead etc. And then uh, yesterday, the uh, offense goes out and goes, you know, two for 18 with runners in scoring position. And then the bullpen and the starting pitching, Zach Gallen gave up two homers, but they gave up a uh, collectively the starting, the, uh, the pitching rotation, the pitching staff gave up five home runs, which was the most they've allowed in any game this season. And this all against the Cardinals who have basically been really bad all season and were awful before they came here this weekend and one two out this week, excuse me, in one two out of three.
1: Uh, Yeah. So let's get into the Diamondbacks here. You mentioned that getaway game from yesterday in the St. Louis Cardinals, 11 to 7 victory for them over the Diamondbacks. Jack Flaherty, who has been in conversations, rumors about being on the move. If the Cardinals choose to be sellers here before the deadline, he went five innings, eight hits, three runs, two walks, four strikeouts and one home run. The aforementioned Zach Gallen, six and a third, seven hits, five runs, two walks, eight strikeouts and two home runs. And then just logistics here the team is off today before they host the Mariners in a three-game set and then they'll play one of four games against the Giants before that Tuesday trade deadline
0: yeah that's what we have looking ahead um you know, the gallon actually entered yeah you know, I talked about his home success he entered a major at least entered yesterday's game and I don't think that this has changed too much and won even a bad start yesterday uh, he had the lowest earned run average of any starting pitcher in home games this season in baseball. Uh, you know, he, you know, I think Torrey Lavello uh, left him in too long. I don't blame him. You got, you, know, you really trust anybody in the bullpen, and uh, you know, he, he gave up a you know some more damage in that last inning that he pitched uh, after a, you know he came back out for the seventh inning, ended up pitching six and a third as it turned out officially. So uh, that he's the least of their concerns, but he wasn't good yesterday for the most part, uh, and uh, it was uh, you know the the bullpen again imploded. Scott McGuff, who has uh, had some good moments this year, had some really bad moments early in the season when he couldn't keep the ball in the park, which is disturbing for a guy that's supposed to be a ground ball pitcher. Then he kind of figured that out, and then since the All Star break, he's just been it's been home run derby. Against him, and he gave up two more home runs. Kyle Nelson, who's actually been really good, uh, probably the best Diamondbacks relief pitcher, quite frankly, um, kind of a left-handed specialist. Even though it's hard for you to have a left hand specialist these days with the new rules, with you have to face three batters, etc., and you just can't bring in a lefty to face the lefty and then you know, swap him out for a right-hander after that. But Kyle Nelson, he even gave up a home run yesterday. That's how bad it got. Don't be fooled by the final score of eleven, uh, you know, eleven to a, uh, eleven to a seven because they scored, they were trailing eleven to three before they got these meaningless runs in the bottom of the ninth inning.
1: So when we think about things here in the NL West the Dodgers remain on top at 58 and 43 the Giants at 56 and 47 now three games back the Diamondbacks 55 and 48 four games back the Dodgers though they lost to the Blue Jays yesterday eight to one Tony Gonsolin five innings seven hits five runs three walks five strikeouts and one home run and the Do- Dodgers though aren't standing pat at the trade deadline with another trade acquiring shortstop Ahmed Rosario and sent right-handed pitcher Noah Syndergaard to the Guardians. I didn't know Noah Syndergaard was tradable, so that's interesting there. Uh, But this season, uh, Rosario is They just
0: threw him in there. The the, the (laughs) Guardians think they can fix any pitcher, so this is the ultimate test.
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Rosario is batting 265, three home runs, 40 RBIs this season, and uh, hopefully for the Dodgers, they would like to see him back to where he was last year, 283, 11 home runs, 71 RBIs.
0: Yeah, he was much better, no doubt about that, last year. Uh, they weren't going to re-sign him in uh, Cleveland, so they moved on from him. And, you know, I don't really think, uh, I'm guessing that the Indians, who have been really amazing how they develop pitchers, but that's usually pitchers within their own system. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But it doesn't hurt for them to give a, you know a shot and see what happens. Whatever. If it doesn't work, he's out of there at the end of the year. Uh, and then I'll, I'll say one. Let me say one other quick thing. I think it's anybody that believes the Diamondbacks are going to win this division should just kind of kiss that goodbye. That ain't happening. Uh, you know, the Giants are ahead of them now. The Diamondbacks aren't even in the wild card right now. They're not even a wild card team after the last two days.
1: Uh, And speaking of the Giants, they took care of the A's eight to three yesterday. When it comes to some other interesting series from yesterday, you had the Marlins beating the Rays seven to one, but some implications once again for the Rays. We know about all of the Rays injuries to their pitching staff. Add another one potentially here. We'll have to figure out what's going on with Zach Eflin as he left yesterday with left knee discomfort and then not pitching related. Yandy Diaz left in Tuesday's contest. That was Tuesday, right? Had an MRI yesterday. They do have some encouraging news there with him, but he still didn't play in yesterday's contest.
0: Yeah, he's been tremendous this year as their leadoff hitter. And, uh, you know, maybe this explains, uh, you know, he had an unexpected... He'd been a good hitter in the past, but not much of a power hitter. And he had an unexpected, uh, you know, power increase uh, to start the season. Uh, He is... That has completely disappeared. He's kind of gone back to the... uh, uh, previous Yandy Diaz, who got some hits here and there—not from here and there—got he got he, he hit, hit for a decent average, but rarely hit for power. That's kind of what we've seen now for a few weeks. So maybe uh, he's been playing injured and uh, hurt to some extent. Uh, fine line between hurt and injured, obviously. Uh, so that's uh, something to consider. You know, Zach Eflin. Uh, I think a lot of more teams would have been interested in Zach Eflin when he was a free agent. Uh, but he has had an injury history when he's in Philadelphia, and that's why it was so surprising that the uh, Rays, of all teams who don't sign many long-term contracts to their own guys, let alone free agents, they signed him to a four-year contract, and he's actually saved their pitching staff this season. Eflin has because of all the other injuries they've had, guys out for the season, etc. Uh, and uh, he's been great, but you know, clearly something was going on with him yesterday before they officially made the announcement.
1: Uh, then you also have the Brewers beating the Reds 3 nothing yesterday, and now the Brewers sit atop that division with a one-and-a-half game lead over the Reds.
0: Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned during the sports zone, uh, the Reds have got to be, you know, Well, depending on your viewpoint, I'm sure the Brewers wish they just played the Reds every day Uh, because they've just destroyed them, especially this month when they played three series in three weeks. Uh, And for the season, uh, the Brewers won 10 of the 13 meetings. They're now done for the year. I also expect both of these teams to improve before next Tuesday. Uh, The Brewers, they should have scored 1,000 runs in this game, not just this game, but the whole series. They had runners on – they probably just played three games – they scored five runs or less in all three of those games. The Brewers had at least one runner on base in every inning in a three-game series. So 21 innings. Well, they didn't bat in the bottom of the ninth in those series, but you can figure that those games. But 18 innings. Uh, they, they had runners on base every inning except for one. At least one, run, one runner on base, and they uh, failed to cash in on opportunity after opportunity, but they still won two of the three games.
1: Uh, and then you also have the Rangers with a 13-5 to win over the Astros, including a benches-clearing scuffle after Garcia's Grand Slam in the fifth.
0: Yeah, I don't know what scuffle means. Uh, there was nobody going to fight or anything like that, even though I think the most interesting thing about that is that Dusty Baker and Bruce Bochy had some words. Uh, so they're both, uh, you know, hardcore long-term managers who you know, have their own ways and ideas and so forth. And uh, they were both pretty frustrated what was going on. You know, there was uh, some hit batters. In fact, you know, Jordan Alvarez came back for the first time in, what, 50 games almost. And he got hit by in his first at-bat. He got hit. And then Marcus Simeon, who with uh, Corey Seager out, there's zero doubt that the best player on the Rangers is Marcus Simeon. He got hit in the head. Uh, then hit a home run in his next at-bat. Framber Valdez, who's now been not good at all in three straight starts, and that's after he left in a game with an injury, with an ankle injury before that. Uh, He was uh, talking about home run derby with the Diamondbacks. It was home run derby for for the uh, Rangers yesterday, and some of it against Valdez, who normally is just a ground ball machine, uh, but not yesterday. Valdez, one of the worst starts of his career, And lots of speculation that he's been pitching hurt also. We'll see what happens with him. So now they get Altuve came back yesterday also for the first time since the first part of the month. They get Altuve and Alvarez back, but they might have lost Valdez for a while.
1: Uh, And we'll get into some more Major League Baseball on the other side of the break, including what is going on in Los Angeles with the Angels. They were up to something last night, and, uh, well, that means Otani's staying, right? So we'll get into that on the other side of the break.
0: Pitching right now.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, he's staying. Uh, well, you yeah, know, there's still time. But uh, it, we'll get into that and uh, much more around uh, Major League Baseball as that trade deadline is fast approaching on Tuesday, August 1st. Once again, we'll take your phone calls around 1030 and 1115. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. We'll talk to you around 1030 and 1115. But more Major League Baseball is next. It is the Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060 online at kdus 1060 and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports.
0: Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060.
1: 22 here on KDOS AM 1060 on this Thursday, July 27th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortillaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We were teasing it along about what the Los Angeles Angels were up to last night. It was quite something here. Uh, maybe not a lot of people expected this type of buy-in taking place. The Angels acquired right-handed pitcher Lucas Giolito and right-handed pitcher Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox for minor leaguers, left-handed pitcher Kai Bush and uh, catcher Edgar Cuero. Uh, just for some numbers, Lucas Giolito this season, he's 6-6 six and six as a starting pitcher, 3.79 ERA, 121 innings pitched, 131 strikeouts, 42 walks. He's a free agent after the season. And as for Lopez, in a variety of different reliever roles, a 4.29 ERA, 42 innings pitched, 52 strikeouts, 22 walks, he does have four saves and ten holds. He also is on a one-year deal with the White Sox.
0: He's kind of sucked since uh, they acquired him from Baltimore last year, Lopez. So I'm sure that he—they're uh, going to be trading. Uh, they'd like to trade their entire bullpen. I'm not sure if Liam Hendricks is going to be now healthy enough. Obviously, he came back from the cancer, and uh, they made it. They were they pushed him so hard. And he pitched like three of the first four days. He came back and he immediately went back on the injured list with a shoulder injury. He hasn't pitched since, and I haven't had a word. I haven't heard a word as to what his pitching situation is. So I'm sure they'd like to trade him too. But uh, uh, the the Graveman's going to be traded. The White Sox, whatever. So the, the heck with the White Sox because we got plenty of time to talk about them the next three days before the deadline. Next three shows before the deadline, and after the angels uh, they had an interesting day yesterday yeah uh, one of the things we talked about on the in the during the extra point here yesterday uh, I think I was pretty adamant that they be, they'd be stupid if they uh, didn't trade Otani and I still stand by this and actually looking back I, I said last year they should have traded him at the deadline and I think the fact that they did not trade him last year at the deadline uh, really hurt them trying to trade him this year. Uh, chronologically speaking, yesterday was quite a day in the news cycle regarding the Angels. It was uh, first reported, at least to my knowledge, first reported that, there were, uh, that they were not getting nearly as many offers as they had hoped uh, for Otani that included top 100 prospects. Remember, I think the original story that came out like a week ago is that they thought they could get multiple top 100 prospects in baseball, not just with an organization, but in baseball for Otani. Apparently that didn't happen, uh, so that was that. Then Tom Verducci from Sports Illustrated and various media outlets on television uh, reported that they weren't going to trade him. Then, uh, I don't know if it was overnight, but it was. I went to bed last night kind of early, at least for me, uh, it's uh from the time I went to bed to the time I woke up, you know, it was you know the the Lucas Giolito edition. He's from the ALA area, so that's good. I thought uh you know I mentioned that he seemed like a good fit with the Dodgers, uh, because he's from the LA area. So he got traded. So that's the chronology of the last you know, less than twenty-four hours as far as what's going on with the Angels and Otani, who is currently pitching right now for the Angels. They're playing the first game of a double header they had they got rained out yesterday in detroit and i think i was you know rambling on here so i at least when i before i started to ramble uh he had not given up a run in the first inning and now the commercial break so i'm guess, guessing he didn't give up a run in the first inning that is correct in his start in his start today
1: that is okay. correct so it's still uh nothing nothing in that ball game but to your point here about uh you know what they've given up and and what they were hoping to get in return to help bolster this uh angels uh you know farm system and just kind of moving in a direction beyond otani if he's not coming back after this season so you have uh cuero here he's ranked as the number two prospect in the angels organization and number 65 overall bush is ranked as the number three prospect in in the angels system and then just in general here this decision making when you look at the scope of the playoff race as it is right now in the al west you have the rangers leading uh 60 and 43 is their record then the astros are two games back the angels are seven games back and the mariners are seven and a half games back in the al west take it a step further here are the teams that are uh, in the playoffs. You have the Orioles, the Rangers, and the Twins. Then the wild card, as it is right now, are the Rays, the Astros, and the Blue Jays. One and a half games back is the Red Sox. Two and a half games back is the Yankees. And then four games back in the wild card for the last spot is the Angels.
0: Yeah, they're not going to make the playoffs. This is they're, they're just stupid. I mean, and like I said, they... I know you, know, you know, unfortunately you know, last year I said that they should trade it before that deadline because it was obvious at that time that it, there was he wasn't going to re-sign with the Angels uh, when he became a free agent after this season. Uh, they could have gotten a whole lot more if they wanted to get uh, top 100 prospect packages in return. You know, the Angels prospect thing, I could care less about that. They do not have a good minor league system. Guys that are second and third in their minor league system or not second and third in very many minor league systems, I'm guessing in some of the better minor league systems, like, say, Baltimore, uh, they may not even be in the top ten of the uh, minor league systems for them. So that's why they need prospects is because they've done a horrendous job drafting. They've done a horrendous job. Maybe they've done okay drafting. They just haven't been able to develop young players for dare I say a decade, it's been a really long time. Uh, There's a guy here or there that obviously they developed, but not very many. I mean, and it's not like they've been, you know, drafting at the end of the first round or whatever. I mean, they've had some prime draft, draft picks. They've just done a horrendous job for years of running their organization, whether it be spending money foolishly on free agents, whether it be Albert Pujols or others. Uh, Josh Hamilton comes to mind, uh, and many others. They've done a really big job, bad job with that. They've done a poor job drafting. They haven't developed the young players that they have drafted more times than not. And now they've just completely botched up this Otani thing because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to He's going to leave at the end of the year and they're going to get a compensation pick and that's it for him.
1: I hear you. I agree with you. And so I'm sitting here trying to come up with any sort of rational explanation for why they did this move. And I can't Artie come Marino. up
0: with one. <laughs> well, Artie Marino and rational baseball decisions. I just went through 10 years of stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, if I were actually a beat writer or if we were doing Los Angeles talk radio, I'd have a list of all this stuff and an itemized list of everything they've done wrong and then try to come up with a list of things that they've done right. Uh, let's say that the wrong the wrong side of this is on the left side of the paper. Uh, the uh, right side is on the right side of the paper. There would be, I, I, I'm i being conservative here, there would be at least 10 things on the wrong side and maybe two on the right side. I mean, it, they've just completely, baseball-wise, they have screwed up everything. Everything humanly, including managers, too, by the way, they made some bad managerial decisions, including Phil Nevin right now, who seems to be clueless.
1: Uh, So the trade deadline is Tuesday in Major League Baseball and Jim Bowden of The Athletic wrote up uh, MLB trades that he'd like to see happen and he had a couple of different categories. Uh, The first category being buyer to buyer uh, and then the second category being seller selling and buyers buying. So in the buyer to buyer category here his first trade that he'd like to see happen. uh, The Mariners trade right-handed pitcher Bryce Miller to the Reds for second baseman John in India. Uh, th- does any uh, does anything like that make sense to you?
0: Totally makes sense. Uh, you know, I actually follow the Reds closely and I've watched more Reds baseball in the last six weeks than I have literally for almost 10 years. India shouldn't be starting right now. I know he won the rookie of the year two years ago. He had half a good season and the rookie crop sucked that year. So congratulations. You're the rookie of the year. He's not a good fielder. He's a decent hitter. He's a fan favorite, which shouldn't play any role, but I think it might. Uh, he should not be. They've got all these young players. He should not be starting right now. They have got to figure out how to get these young players all in the field, and he's taking a spot of somebody who should be a young player. The Bryce Miller thing, uh, if I'm Seattle, I'm not trading him. Um, he, got, he got beat yesterday. He was Actually, he was the winning pitcher yesterday and gave up like four home runs in uh, a lot of hard contact. Either I watched some of that game because I have Bryce Miller on a fantasy team, which is sometimes frustrating, including yesterday. And yesterday, he either struck out guys. Now, this is Minnesota, and they strike out a ton. In fact, they might have the most strikeouts of any team in baseball against right-handed pitchers. So he struck out a bunch of dudes, but he also gave up three or four home runs. I kind of lost track. Uh, a lot of hard con- it was either he, him basically blowing the ball by them velocity wise or the velocity going by his ear and going over the fence. Uh, it was either good velocity by him or you know high velocity from the uh, twins hitters and like I said, they're not exactly a dynamic offensive team, but yeah he's got he's a rookie. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to be there this year. Uh, I would be reluctant to trade him. I wouldn't mind if you're, I would prefer if you're Seattle. I think they've got a few other starting pitchers that I would trade before Bryce Miller. So, but they do have a surplus of pitchers. Uh, so see if they uh, then they need they need a bat. They need more than one bat. They need several bats because their offense has been among this most disappointing in baseball this year. So there's a match there. Uh, yeah. I actually mentioned in the sports zone, I think there's a match for Seattle who plays here this weekend and the Diamondbacks, because Seattle seems to have a whole lot of pitching and needs some uh, defensive you know, help in the outfield and you know, offensive production at the plate. The Diamondbacks, I think, could provide that. I think that's a good I think the Diamondbacks and Seattle would be a good match. and Jerry Depoto, we all know who used to be here as an executive, is now the general manager in Seattle. He likes to trade. Uh, in fact, he did the infamous thing. He actually was having a surgery. I forgot which uh, body part he was being sur- surgically repaired on. But he actually, in surgery, or right after he got done with surgery, made a trade.
1: <laughs> he was thinking about it all as they were asking him to count backward. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, is that, is that trade consummated yet, Doc? Yeah, how's it going?
1: Buyer to buyer, uh, continuing here with Jim Bowden. Uh, he has the Marlins trading right-handed pitcher Edward Cabrera to the Orioles for infielder Jordan uh, Jordan Westberg.
0: These are all these guys that my fantasy team. He keeps bringing up here are one of my fantasy teams. Uh, I would be actually surprised if either of those things happened. Uh, both good. You know, Westberg's only been in the major leagues for less than a month. He should be playing every day too. By the way, and they still, you know, have uh, you know their middle infield situation is not good. He should be playing every day at one of those middle infield positions. Cabrera, wanted many good young pitchers uh, in Florida. Um, I don't think there's any chance. He's got an innings limit for this year too. By the way. So I don't think the Orioles would be interested in making that deal for him now. And I think that that trade seems to be kind of out there to me.
1: Uh, so moving into the category here of sellers selling buyers buying, uh, he has the nationals trading third baseman, Jamir Candelero, and outfielder Lane Thomas to the Yankees for four prospects.
0: Well, actually a lot of talk that Candelaria is going to end up with the, with the angels after last night's, uh, After the Giolito trade, uh, there was actually some speculation this morning that Candelario could be traded as early as today to the Angels. I don't think there's any question that the Nationals are going to trade Lane Thomas, who's been tremendous uh, this season, and he's a really good defender too, Uh, and Candelario. Both those guys, Candelario, those guys are both going to get traded before next Tuesday. If not... Uh, There uh, should be some kind of investigation that – I don't know what the the investigation is. uh, Why Ask Mike Rizzo why he didn't trade those guys or other teams that desperately could use position help at third base in the outfield, why didn't you trade for those guys?
1: Uh, Then he has the Cubs trading center fielder Cody Bellinger to the Phillies for outfielder Gabriel Rincombs Jr. and outfielder Carlos De La Cruz.
0: Yeah, I don't know the, the prospects, guys. I'm sure they're good. Uh, but uh, the Bellinger is going to get traded. Now, Tony just got hurt. By the way, at first base, covering first base on a ground ball. Uh oh. He has hurt. He has hurt his pitching arm. <laughs> He's shaking his pitching arm as we speak. So that's not good.
1: No. Okay. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. Otherwise, uh, wow. Okay.
0: Wasn't a bad throw. He just got run in, He got run into by the base runner, which seemed to be un didn't seem to be necessary by the base runner. Okay, so I'll try to watch that and uh, talk away here. Bellinger's going to be traded. I actually suggested that the Diamondbacks maybe try to figure out how to get him. He's a Valley product. That shouldn't matter either, though. And uh, he would certainly uh, they can't hit right now. And uh, it was mentioned yesterday by Mike Hazen, who actually Phil Nevin's out there right now complaining how, uh, I'm guessing he's complaining that there shouldn't have been any contact at first base and Otani's on the mound trying to shake his arm right now. Uh, So, sorry, back to the Bellinger thing. Um, He's going to get traded. He's had a tremendous last few weeks uh, coming back from the injury. He has an option to become a free agent after this year. We only signed the one-year contract with an option for the Cubs. And the Cubs would be foolish if they did not trade Bellinger before the deadline.
1: Uh, And the last one here involving the Arizona Diamondbacks from Jim Bowden of the Athletic. Uh, The Cardinals trading left-handed pitcher who they just saw yesterday, Jordan Montgomery, to the Diamondbacks for right-handed pitcher Dylan Ray and outfielder Wildered Patino.
0: Yeah, once again, I know the name. I know I don't know actually either. I know one of those two guys as far as the prospects, but I've never seen them, and I really don't know how they're doing this year. So we'll see with that. Um, Jordan Montgomery is going to get traded. I don't think Jordan Montgomery solves the Diamondbacks issues. Quite frankly, Uh, I think that they need maybe if they Jordan Montgomery and a couple of relief pitchers. uh, If you maybe threw Jordan Hicks into that deal. Uh, and uh added to it prospects wise uh, maybe i'd be more for that uh jordan montgomery got traded at the deadline last year by the yankees had some good moments for the cardinals he has a lot of bad starts and that's kind of what we see with some of the diamondbacks even younger pitchers they've got some good moments uh, and uh as far as uh you know, Nelson goes. He's really good at uh, on the road. He's unbelievable at home. He has an earned run average of eight. Uh, so I don't know if Montgomery alone, uh, to me, that would not be big enough ap- upgrade for the Diamondbacks pitching staff.
1: Uh, And that concludes uh, Jim Bowden's article there. And, of course, the Tuesday trade deadline is fast looming. As for the Arizona—
0: Otani's actually pitching here, just to give you an update before the break. I don't want to fear somebody's out there, an Otani owner or Angels fan, and then want them to leave them hanging here. So he's pitching to the next hitter.
1: Is velocity still good?
0: That I have no idea. Not sure. he just got a swing and a miss, but that was a breaking pitch.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, We'll take your phone calls, though, on the other side of the break. 602-260-1060 is the number to join the program. We'll also get into uh, Jim Ursay, Maybe don't tweet. That might be a good idea. 602 260 No no kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. 602-260-1060 is the number to chime in as well. More extra point is coming up after the break right here on KDUS AM 1060 online at kdus1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports.
0: HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2.
1: Forty-four, right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by SuperBook Sports. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. So this has not been a new issue it's been ongoing for the offseason, but certainly under a microscope this week with Saquon Barkley uh, agreeing to a 10.1 million dollar contract essentially playing what would be the franchise tag and then accepting $909,000 in incentives his incentives though uh, you know some individual things but also tied to the team uh, making the playoffs so the, just kind of the these, these are my I guess the running backs and their contract situation under attack. Uh, From my understanding as well, uh, running backs kind of united on a Zoom call this week as well and expressed uh, their concern about the position and kind of what their prevailing thoughts are and what they can do and cannot do uh, when they are up for negotiations. And one player who's very good – and he's going to be up for contract negotiations with the Indianapolis Colts' is Jonathan Taylor. Jim Ursay, though, took to Twitter yesterday to relay his thoughts on what's going on with the running back situation. Here, quote, NFL running back situation, we have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Guess, and as I mentioned, Jonathan Taylor up for uh, his extension talks. Taylor's agent tweeted right back: "Quote, bad faith is not paying your top offensive player."
0: Well, it's interesting because there's some. Um, t- um, how can we um, talk? Out of lack of a better term for me. Uh, in the football world, is you know, Jonathan Taylor, who had uh, surgery several months ago, uh, did not participate in anything as far as the off season, and he was put in the pup list to start this season. And there is uh, some speculation that he might just be trying to figure out how to get out of the Indianapolis. Uh,
1: that might be true there. Uh, I want to get your take on this. This is what I was thinking about when it comes to the running backs and it's in been in general. I mean, especially look at what happened just this, this draft with the lions, how they were moving around, ended up settling at 12 and took running back Jameer Gibbs. And a lot of people say that, you know, the lions didn't have a great draft because they really reached high on Jameer Gibbs. Don't take a running back that high. Bijan Robinson going eight to the Falcons. Uh, um, Uh, people saying that that's a little bit too high etc etc when it comes down to quote unquote value for running backs but when you look at what goes on with NFL contracts and when it comes to just the wear and tear that takes place on running backs bodies you mentioned it this week that it's not just the NFL wear and tear it's what goes on in junior high, high school and college you have to factor all of that in and when you look at contracts It almost feels like the running back situation is backwards because the way that contracts are set up, it's on a prove it type rookie deal. Your running back is real explosive, uh, is very prominent, makes game changing plays for your team, is really important to the team. But then when it comes around to that contract extension time after the rookie deal, that's kind of when you're not really sure where that wall is going to hit of physical limitations. So owners have seemingly come together and been like, we don't want to give out these massive contracts anymore because we end up having to eat too much money, but it's putting the running back who has not really gotten paid in equivalency to other positions in the league.
0: Yeah. and, And I don't necessarily really blame the owners that much here. Um, yeah, I saw a thing on either ESPN or the NFL Network is like the last thousand-yard rusher uh, on a team that actually won the Super Bowl was like LeGarrette Blunt for the Patriots, and they didn't win because of him. They won because Tom Brady was the quarterback. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a, you know, it, it's a position where you know, production does not equal championships.
1: And we had this conversation a little bit earlier in the week, though. Uh, You know, what has kind of changed with the running back position? Obviously, the game has changed into a more spread type offense. Analytics change a little bit. Players play different positions, too. I mean, just look at the 49ers and their usage at running back. Christian McCaffrey, so effective catching passes as well, in addition to Debo Samuel being a wide receiver taking snaps at running back. So there's kind of just a lot of lines being crossed and blurred uh, when it comes to this quote-unquote offensive innovation.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, It's uh, it's just a position that uh, the wear and tear – uh, I think is uh, makes sense, quite frankly. And you know, the first guy I ever heard, remember Kuyper, 20 years ago, maybe even longer than 20 years ago, uh, was completely against ever taking a running back in the first round of a draft. And uh, he caught a lot of crap for that. And maybe it just turns out he was way ahead of his time.
1: He has been ahead of his time, right? He created that position for himself at ESPN.
0: Well, that's true. I mean, that's back in the early eighties, but you know, just that philosophy that's the first place I ever remember hearing that from anybody, and uh, I think a lot of people have kind of jumped on that lately. I would also not compare the you know, Bijan Robinson and gibbs uh their situations. you know i was not, I don't think anybody was surprised that Bijan was drafted as highly as he was. Uh, because we've, you know, we've actually seen him since high school to some, some extent if you pay attention to high school football in Arizona. So we're familiar with him, and he does more than just you know, run the football. Uh, he actually pass blocks, God forbid. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Zeke Elliott when Elliott came out of Ohio State. Uh, he, he, he basically, he, that guy and also Bijan, they knew how to pass block when they got to college. Uh, they catch passes, and they obviously can run the ball with effectiveness. Uh, Gibbs is strictly seemingly a pass catcher. I'm not even sure if he's quote the starting running back uh, in Detroit because they they added Montgomery over the season from uh, from the Bears also.
1: Uh, Aaron Rodgers back in the news uh, And Dalvin Cook Flying to New York to visit the Jets This weekend according to Tom Pellicero Plus Sean Payton uh, He didn't hold back in an article That ended up <laughs> being written by Jarrett Bell Of USA Today I want to make sure we get into that But I think we're going to have to do that in hour number two Because uh, on the other no side of the break I know, man, you're going to have to wait till hour number two uh, Or you can it's always a tease. Or you can podcast it later as well KDOS1060.com uh, tease
0: the- along and don't don't leave us now all yeah <laughs> tease along and you stay
1: uh, but there are options for you on the other side of the break we'll check in with the 3M open on the PGA tour and then of course we'll have hour two the Arizona Cardinals training camp we'll dive into kind of some of the positions uh, for the Arizona Cardinals and then we'll also get into Sean Payton Aaron Rodgers all of that good stuff in the NFL happening here on the extra point.
0: need social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS 1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060.
1: extra point on this Thursday, July 27th here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. A couple of quick things here before uh, we get into the leaderboard at the 3M Open on the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan has returned to his position with the PGA Tour after he uh, was on an extended medical leave and he uh, started things off with a memo to the PGA Tour. And with that, it was a notification as well to the RNA and the USGA that the PGA Tour will not support a proposed modified local rule that would allow tours and tournaments to require the men to compete with a rolled back golf ball. This uh, kind of started talking in the middle of the summer that the USGA and the RNA were going to roll back the golf ball, that uh, equipment and everything like that has. Um, really enhanced the professional game and it's uh, a conversation about how to make Golf courses, uh, still usable, playable for the PGA Tour because they can't make things long enough for these guys. Uh, they can't trick it up enough for these guys, and they want to still be able to go to iconic places. And so the RNA and the USGA decided that they were going to roll back the golf ball, and that would have been expected to go into uh, play in January of 2026. There was plenty of PGA Tour players who were very uh, against rolling back the golf ball you also have then of course amateurs and uh professionals and just kind of a lot of logistical things that went into all of that the pga tour though has come out with their stance that they will not support it the pga tour also will unveil their 2024 schedule on august 8th so we'll see how uh that tour schedule unfolds we still don't really know how this merger is all going to work with live piff PGA Tour, so there's still a lot of things left to be decided as we approach the offseason in the world of golf. As it is for the 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities, our guy Hideki Matsuyama, he's put himself in great position here after day one. He's sitting atop the leaderboard and it's high for first. It's seven under par. He's done for the day. Adam Hadwin shot uh, one under par. That's tied for 37th right now. Mark Hubbard is even, tied for 51st. Eric Cole, he's even through two, so he's just is getting his day started as for justin thomas who's trying to make his climb up the fedex cup standings he has yet to tee off as well as odds on favorite to win the golf tournament cameron young has yet to tee off uh, the defending champion tony finau it looks there for a while that he didn't want to give back the trophy he started six under through six to begin his day but he's done for the day now in uh, uh, a tie for seventh place at five under par we'll get into the nfl the arizona cardinals and your phone calls at eleven fifteen here in the extra point on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports